You can see these large footprints embedded into the carpet, creeping along the wall ninja style. She raised her arms up over her head and started to come towards me. And she had her mouth open like she was screaming. I hear my sister on the top bunk say, Ashley, you could see pieces of her hair being twirled in thin air. But now all of a sudden the green orb comes towards our truck then it shoots out over the mountains into outer space. It is gone. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. So coming up in just a little bit, we've got a chat with filmmaker and paranormal investigator Steve Shippey talking about his Ed Gein documentary that's on Discovery Plus right now. And we've got an incredible ghost story about an old air raid shelter in the UK. Real quick reminder, hauntedaf.com. That is where we put literally everything. Pictures, videos, the companion blog. Please follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. By the way, on YouTube, you can get full episodes of Haunted AF. We need to send out big love to new patrons, David Whitaker and Kyle McGillivy. I hope I got Kyle McGillivy. I'm impressed. Thank you. Actually, when I read it, I was like... Well, am I saying it right? Kyle, forgive me. I hope I'm not butchering your name. And you know, Haunted AF is taking some time off. This is our season five finale. But of course, we're always posting new stuff on our Patreon page. And this is actually like the best time to be a Haunted AF patron because we post stuff weekly while we're on the break. So just go to patreon.com, search for Haunted AF. And we do have a couple of interview requests in trying to talk to Daisy Egan from that new Strange and Unexplained podcast. That's mm-hmm. already in the top 10 on Apple Podcasts right now. I'm so jealous. And awesome. uh, Terry Carnation, you know, yes! Rain Wilson, who popped up on our Instagram feed this week. How crazy was that? No, that was freaking awesome. Yeah. And so we're trying real hard to get interviews set up with them. If that happens, then we'll pop in and do like a special between season on a day up. But again, in the meantime, hit up the Patreon page. All right. You ready to jump into it? Let's do it. Hi, ladies. My name is Loretta. I am from Canada and I work in a daycare center. I was listening to an episode where a lady recounted the strange occurrences in the daycare center that she worked at, so I thought I'd do the same. Our center is very small. Our nap room is literally a curtained-off area of the center. Uh, The curtain is rigid and on a track, and it latches into the wall. When you're in there, you're usually by yourself with up to eight kids. I have had, on two occasions, someone pat my butt, which sounds... Not that weird if you know kids. Kids Mm. can only reach you when they first start walking on your bum or your hip. Except they would all be asleep. There wouldn't be a child right behind me. I've also had cases where I've very distinctly heard the sound of a child getting up and coming out of the nap room only to go over there and see that they are all sleeping. I have also seen a child peeking out of the nap room area, but it's not a child I can find features on. Um, I can't even tell if it's a boy or a girl. It's a feeling and a shape. My director does not like being in the center by herself. Her office door tends to close by itself and it latches. (laughs) And to latch the door, you actually have to give it some force. 
Um, we've also had where she and I will be standing in there chatting and my other co-workers and the kids are outside and we've had things like a ball thrown across the room. So strange things do happen. I don't really like being there by myself, but I suck it up and I do it anyway because it's my job. I have other ghost stories, but I will not recount them at this particular time. Thank you very much for the podcast. It helps alleviate my boredom getting ready for work. It's fantastic. Bye. Loretta, why will you not recount these other ghost stories? You've already given us balls being thrown across the room and a child that's faceless. What the f***? Right. And the bum grab. Yeah. (laughs) The bum grab. That's so minor. That's tiny at this point. How many like haunted daycare stories have we had this season though? Like a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's probably what our fourth or fifth. What is it about daycare centers? Why are they always haunted? I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, So our next story comes from Shelby. And I want to say it like this. Shelby, like in Steel Magnolia. Oh, yes, it's Shelby. <laughs> she says, hey, ladies, I love your podcast. I just recently found it because I listened to Emma and Dan on Real Life Ghost Stories, oh, I and I know them. you guys collaborated with them. I know. So my first house was definitely haunted. I think I even caught a ghost on camera, but every time I posted on Facebook, people just try to discredit it. Oh. It's a photo of my dog, DeSoto, sleeping on the couch. Okay, Shelby is like any typical woman and took several photos of the dog, you know, just to make sure that you get a good one, right? Uh-huh. And as she was going back through them, she deleted a bunch because there were big white glares over the first four. Right. She says, I was about to delete the fourth one when I noticed it looks like a face. <laughs> 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 she goes, now I wish I hadn't deleted the photos that I took before this. I also thought it was odd that the first four had a glare, but the fifth photo didn't. I took them one right after the other without moving my phone, so there shouldn't be a glare in some and not others. It's also important to note that the face is not my dog's face. Again, that's from Shelby, and we actually have a photo that she sent us the actual photo. It's wild, because you look at the picture and you do. Totally. You can see this dog, but then there's this huge white smear over it, and then after a second, you're like, is that a f***ing face? It's a face. It's a f***ing face. In fact, I think I'm seeing two faces. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know, but it looks like there's two blobby orb things. Yeah. Up top looks like a person's face, and then the second one looks like a chihuahua face. I started wondering, is it maybe a negative M image of DeSoto's right. face. Maybe. Because I looked at it too hard and too long yesterday and I convinced myself <laughs> it was just the dog's face and then I looked at it again. I'm like, no, that's not it. So again, hauntedaf.com, go to episode 12, season 5 to look at the picture of DeSoto because I don't know that I've seen one like that. It looks like a stereotypical ghost that you would see in a cartoon. Right. Cartoon. That's what I was thinking. It looks like a cartoon smiley face almost. Yeah. So it's super strange. Y- y'all go decide for yourself. So this next email comes from Kyle. He says, hey, Julian, Rebecca. First, thanks for the amazing podcast. It helped me through quarantine, and I still look forward to each episode. Just signed up as a patron, too. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, In the early 2000s, my oldest brother, Zach, was a teenager with frosted tips working at Life Center Plus. (laughs) It's a fitness center in Hudson, Ohio. Life Center was like any other gym in the sense that it had all sorts of workout equipment, but it also had a large party center upstairs, basketball court, multiple pools, a huge-ass running track, and a daycare. Zach will tell you that it was common knowledge among the staff that this place was haunted and particularly creepy at night. He can tell you about the club member that died while showering in the men's locker room and how staff would report hearing a man's voice while cleaning in there, but that's not this story. He can tell you about the basketball court and how employees would hear someone dribbling a ball in the middle of the night
night, but only find a single basketball rolling across the pitch black court. But again, that is not this story. In fact, Ah! I had forgotten about this story until Zachary told it while we were having a beer recently. It's apparent that it really f***ed with his head and still bothers him. I know people say that creepy stories give them chills, but when he told this one to me, I was so creeped out my eyes started watering like I wanted to cry or some s***. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Well, no one wanted to work the night shift at Life Center, and on this particular night, Zach was asked to work it alone. He reluctantly agreed, but asked his girlfriend at the time, Courtney, to join him. (laughs) Can you imagine your boyfriend's a chicken s***? And he's like, come to work with me, please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) So after taking care of the regular cleaning tasks, like vacuuming the lobby and such, Zach and Courtney headed upstairs to clean. At the top of the stairs, there was a set of double doors that led to a room used for parties and corporate gatherings, complete with tables and whiteboards. There had been a child's birthday party that day, and the little assholes made such a huge mess in the party room. (laughs) Zach had to clean the whole thing up. Then he was heading back stairs to clean the men's locker room. Once there, he realized that he had left the cleaning spray upstairs and left Courtney to go grab it. He noticed right away that something was off. He looked up the stairs and saw that the double doors to the party room were open and light was coming through them. Now, they had just turned off the lights and locked those doors. He headed into the party room and found the cleaning spray, but noticed that another set of doors was also cracked open, again with the lights on. Hesitantly, he walked to the door and peeked inside, but it was empty. On the whiteboard, though, in large, jagged marker strokes, <laughs> the words, we're watching you, had been scrawled. Oh, shit. <laughs> Zach says he's never moved so fast in his life. He grabbed Courtney. They ran to the parking lot to the safety of his douchey red Mustang. They <laughs> oh, my these. God. This poor guy is such a stereotype. <laughs> Zach, again, with the frosted tips. Uh, Zach then called my mom to tell her what was happening. I was 11 at the time, and I can remember listening to the whole thing from the living room. The officer told Zach and Courtney that he didn't find anyone inside, but did say his police dog was acting strangely like someone was in there with them. Zach quit shortly afterwards, understandably, but recently talked to someone who still works there, and 20 years later, that story is still shared amongst the employees. I know it doesn't have any ghastly apparitions or terrifying monsters, but it's a true story, and it still sufficiently freaks us out when we talk about it. Thanks again for such an incredible podcast. Sincerely, Zach's brother, Kyle McGillivy. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Can you imagine seeing something physically written on a wall? Especially, we're watching you. I really, I feel like I need the flashlight underneath my face. We're watching you. (laughs) Oh, of course. (laughs) So we're on the phone with Steve Shippey talking about this new shock dog, Ed Gein, the real psycho, which is already on Discovery Plus right now. And Steve, I have to start by admitting I have been mispronouncing Ed Gein. Is that how you say it? Yes. I've been calling him Ed Gein my whole life. That's 
that's okay. Most people I've encountered recently have said the same thing. Good, because I was plugging this that we were going to be talking to you and someone immediately was like, hey, dumbass, it's Ed Gein. But <laughs> um, it's so great to talk to you again. We spoke to you last year when you were talking about the haunting in the heartland. Tell us a little bit about this shock doc for Discovery Plus. So Cindy Kaza and I, world-renowned psychic medium, we teamed up to tackle this case. Uh, her and I went out to Plainfield, Wisconsin to try to see if we could solidify claims by local residents that there were several locations that were deemed to be extremely haunted and specifically as a result of either Ed Gein or possibly even the victims of Ed Gein. How long ago did these murders actually occur? Uh, these murders occurred in the mid to late 1950s. He murdered two women and he had exhumed over 10 corpses from a local cemetery. Basically, he would comb the obituaries looking for recently deceased women that he felt resembled his mother uh, physically. And then he would exhume their corpses and then bring them back home, which we now know he was using parts of their body to make a skin suit. He would use skulls as bowls, bones as silverware, all kinds of just absolutely horrible things. On the press release that I got, it mentioned that there were new ones, that you guys actually got to see things that had not been shown to the public before. Yeah, that's absolutely true. One thing in particular, an individual came up to us and, and let us know that there was a local collector that had several of Gein's items. One of them was a knife that has been believed to be used on his victims. Oh. And so, of course, you know, we reached out to him. He agreed to allow us to come to his home, allow us to see the item. We wanted Cindy, um, our psychic medium, Cindy Keza, to be able to examine the item, see if there was any type of memory. She certainly was able to tell us that. Sadly for this individual, the collector, ever since he obtained these items, he has had bad luck doesn't even begin to explain what this man has gone through. And we really urged him to get rid of the items, not to give it to anybody else, to dispose of it. Are there actual pieces out there? Are people still buying this stuff? Most of these things, all these horrific items that involve human skin and pieces, you know, I'm sure those were either disposed of or locked away in some type of evidence warehouse, but other things still exist. You know, his house was burnt down by an arsonist right after he was apprehended, but a lot of things survived and they weren't necessarily evidence. So some of that stuff, people, you know, went out there and took it as souvenirs and then it kind of exchanges hands. So there are things out there for Gein that still exists. We know the story of Ed Gein through the eyes of Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs. But through all of this, I had never heard that there were hauntings. Where had you heard about this? Is this something recent? Well, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily recent. You know, I myself have heard, well, maybe five or six years now about uh, hauntings, paranormal activity taking place in, in certain uh, locations. Um, I was contacted uh, 2012. I received an email from somebody from Plainfield saying that they had done an amateur investigation, that they had some really interesting results. So the rumors had been circulating for a while. And you're right, it is very interesting because not many cases involving, if you want to refer to him as a serial killer, however you want to look at him, not a lot of cases like that have a paranormal association. Steve Shippey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us again. It is Ed Gein, the real psycho. It is on Discovery Plus right now. I love being a guest here. Thank you. This next email comes from Aaron. She says, hey, Julie and Rebecca, first of all, I want to tell you ladies how much I love and appreciate the podcast. It has gotten me through
through many hours at the gym. I'm the bikini competitor slash bodybuilder who stalks you on Instagram. Uh, I know Erin. She's very sweet. Um, So she says, I need to preface this by stating that I believe I'm haunted. I definitely have a ghost friend who follows me and makes himself known, especially when I need some direction or help. Uh, I'm also a radiologic technologist and I've worked in a haunted hospital, but I decided to share this story with you because I can include a picture. I bought my home about two and a half years ago and I have never felt uncomfortable here, even though I'm by myself most of the time. There have been random incidents, but I always attribute it to my ghost making sure I haven't forgot about him. My boyfriend, however, is not as calm when weird shit happens. One night I called my boyfriend from work to check on my fur babies and as we were talking, he stopped abruptly mid-sentence. He asked me in a panicked voice, Aaron, why is there a bloody kid's handprint on the door? Well, the door he was referring to goes to a bedroom that I haven't furnished yet, so it stays closed all the time. The handprint is facing out into the hall, though, so I definitely would have seen it. He sent me a picture, and I'm going to be honest, it totally creeps me out. I don't know if it's blood or just a really dusty print, but either way, it doesn't make it any better. And truthfully, I've never felt that my ghost attachment was a child, so maybe this is a separate entity? The jury's out on that one, but thanks again for all you do. And again, that is from Aaron. And if you go to hauntedaf.com, again, episode 12, season five, you will see a picture of this. And it does. It looks like a gross, bloody kid's handprint right there kind of at the bottom of the door. I thought maybe chocolate, but then I guess she doesn't have children. So Right. She doesn't have any children. She has pets. But she says there was no reason for a child to be in the house, but it does. It looks like dirt, mud, blood, I mean, or chocolate, but it is a full-blown handprint. Go check that one out. So this next story comes from Amelia, and she says the activity started the day we moved into our house. Ooh. Uh, I was about 10 years old, and I'm packing boxes in the living room with my parents when we heard a knock on the back door. Then a lady very cheerily said, hello, and the door unlocked and opened. And this was the deadbolt plus doorknob type of deal. Plus, there was a plastic flap on the bottom to prevent irrigation water from getting into the house. So we actually heard the plastic drag on the tile floor as the door opened. So my dad bolted back there to see who it was, and no one was there. The door was even still closed and fully locked. So Amelia's dad mentioned it to the man who lived there before, and he said, Oh, yeah, it's normal. My wife had an accident, fell off a ladder while trying to get into the attic, and died. In your garage. We think that we even saw her once when she walked by the front door and then disappeared. Sometimes she'll turn on my dad's old radios or squeak the dog toys. We've even heard running on the roof. Now, we live in the Utah desert, and the only thing running on our roof that could make that much noise would have to be a lizard in steel-toed boots. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, very loud. Yeah. (laughs) We also discovered that she hates it when the closet doors are closed. In fact, if you close the closet in the master bedroom, she will take the covers off the bed. <laughs> this actually terrified my mom. Anytime the closet door was closed, they'd wake up to their comforter and sheets thrown across the room. Oh, my God. She goes on to say that my dad has since removed all the closet doors from the house. Which is a fun story to explain to a guest. Got yeah, it, I bet. Uh, anyways, love your podcast. Amelia from Southern Utah. P.S. I am the Instagram girl who is listening to your podcast while cleaning baby bottles. A bubble sud flew up in my face and I screamed in pure terror <laughs> thinking it was a ghost. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Okay, now think about this. All right, so the guy who lived in the house beforehand, his wife falls and dies in the garage. 
Yeah. How pissed would you be if you were that ghost and your husband's like, I'm moving out. I, yeah, I know like, you're, I'm tired of your ass. Yes, you with your damn closet doors. No wonder yeah. she's pissed off. And I hate it when people leave closet doors open. Yeah, um, no, I don't get that either. I'm like, I always close the closet door because that's where you hide all of your shit. Yes, that's, that's how you make things look clean. You throw it yes. in the closet and you shut the damn doors. Oh, real quick, we need to send out uh, love to all the people who reached out to us after last week to talk about the sleep paralysis spiders. Mm-hmm. So I think three different people wrote to us and said, I see the spiders too. Wow. Yeah, and they were all excited because they were like, I didn't know that that was a thing. One thing I think is interesting, they were all women. So I'm wondering, it's just like a, a hormone or an estrogen thing or something. So if you're a dude who sees the sleep paralysis spiders please let us know haunted af podcast at gmail.com by the way we also got another video from april yes. and she's the realtor who sent the videos last week from the haunted house that they're actually about to put on the market so this new video is actually from the same bedroom that had the creeper in the doorway but now something is actually moving the sheets around mm. and you can actually see that on our companion blog hauntedaf.com episode 12 season 5 yeah we'll post that video and it's weird it looks like something's crawling on the bed right definitely or maybe like trying to get into bed with her yeah there's just a weird little kind of skittering across the bed after that look up at the ceiling fan because it Uh looks like there's some light reflecting off the ceiling fan i don't know what that is but that house could be yours in about two months (laughs) we need the price and the zillow listing you know we need all that yeah just to stay away from it pretty much (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay so this last story comes from mark he says from 2004 to 2010 i lived in collis street and amblecote which is in the uk i hope i'm saying that correctly it was a two-bedroom mid-terrace house with a converted cellar originally built in 1904 my partner at the time we'll call her jay and i moved in and originally everything was fine nothing happened the only distinctive feature about the house was the burned out remains of an old air raid shelter at the bottom of the back garden about eight months after moving in we started to notice things nothing major just things not being where they had been left and then turning up later in a location that didn't make sense for example towels that had been folded and put away in the cupboard would vanish and then be found still folded in the cellar on the sofa on another occasion a necklace disappeared from a locked jewelry box kept in the wardrobe upstairs only to appear hanging from a drawer handle in the kitchen three days later then we Hmm. noticed that every day when we came back from work the countertop would be covered with crumbs toasted breadcrumbs to be exact and even on days when we hadn't had toast for breakfast this was odd so we changed the locks and fixed a house alarm to cover the property after this whenever something went missing in the house we would say out loud okay toasty please put the missing (laughs) item back on the kitchen table and then we'd leave the room and return about 30 minutes later to find the missing item sitting on the table oh my gosh things started to escalate after about 18 months of this Specifically one evening in October, we had just finished dinner and Jay was standing in the kitchen while I was standing in the living room and between us were the stairs leading up to the next floor. The stairway light was on because I was running a bath, but while we stood there talking, it switched off. I flicked the light back on using the switch at the bottom of the stairs, but seconds later, it switched off again. You could even hear the light switch on the landing being flicked. Well, Jay couldn't take it and headed out to the garden with her cigarettes. I switched the light back on and climbed the stairs. But as I reached the top, I heard and saw the light in the spare bedroom flick on. Then the stairway light switched off again. 
I'll be honest, that got me and I bolted back down the stairs pretty sharpish. Jay asked from the back garden if I had switched on the spare bedroom light and I said no. At that point, we heard the switch flicking again and she could see the spare bedroom light switch off. Once Jay calmed down enough to step back inside, we talked in the kitchen about what to do. Finally, I said, that's not funny, Toasty, scaring us like that. We don't appreciate it and we'd like it if you don't do that again. We never had another incident with the lights. What? Yeah. Following this- for some people. <laughs> Following this, we both heard the voice of a small girl calling out our names at different times of the day. The only children living near us were two teenagers next door who seemed more interested in getting drunk than plaguing someone with pranks. <laughs> uh, the voice would also use Jay's full name, something she hated. Sometimes I would come down in the morning and find all of the couch cushions on the floor. So many times I would return them to the sofa, go to the kitchen to put on the kettle, and then return to find them stacked in the middle of the floor once more. The main event, so to speak, happened after a trip to see Jay's mom. It was a cold day, and as we entered the house, there was a small electric fan in the middle of the living room, whirring away without being plugged into an electrical socket. Upon seeing this, Jay stated that she was not prepared to deal with it and grabbed her cigarettes and left me to sort it out alone. Now, I finally did some investigating and learned that during the Second World War, several properties on that street sustained damage from bombing raids. The air raid shelter at the bottom of our garden had been caught in a blast, which which killed the whole family inside, including a young girl. And again, that is from Mark. Uh, Mark, we need pictures of this place. I need to see this air raid shelter. I need to see all of it. And Toasty, I'm sorry, what a sweet little name. (laughs) I know, and I almost feel bad that he just asked Toasty to leave. Yeah, Toasty's like, f*** you, I'm just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you guys, remember, follow us on all of our social medias because we will keep sharing any fun stuff we find. And if you miss us during our time off, remember, you can always become a patron at patreon.com yep. because we will continue sharing stories there and please keep sending us those scary stories too. haunted af podcast at gmail.com haunted af podcast at gmail.com you got plenty of time now to uh play around with the voice recording or filming yourself because we will be using more video in season six yeah we've got some great stuff coming up we're going to be adding more to our youtube page we're going to update our website i'm really excited about that and we're finally Yay. finally going to be back in the studio together again Yay! yes oh my god I've missed you so much. It's just not the same on the phone. Isn't that funny? It's been (laughs) almost, no, it's been over a year now. A year, yeah. That we have been doing this phone thing together. And I almost forget like, oh, that's right. We used to do it together and it's so much better that way. So that is all coming up on season six of Haunted AF. And don't forget to subscribe to Haunted AF on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. You can even contact us directly through our website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalika and Travis Vance for the Haunted AF theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. Also, big thanks to all of the Haunted AF Patreon supporters. Most of all, we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Should we say bye, guys, or anything? Uh, if we can, if you want. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.